Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, Jack Kelly. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Uh, today, this is kind of a really interesting conversation we'll have. Let me just start out. When, 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 when you guys, when you folks were younger, I'd imagine maybe you had a bully in your school or in your class, or maybe you were the bully and you get terrorized and and I don't, I don't know how it is now, but back in the day, you know, it, it wasn't terrible, but, you know, people kind of pick on each other, make fun of each other, kind of bully each other. Then you would think that after a while, after middle school, high school, you get into the workforce, yeah, it's not going to happen. And the unfortunate thing is that once you're in the workplace, you're not immune from bullies. It's just different. And it's it's a very weird thing that you have to worry about being in the office and kind of being picked on. So my take is this. I want to talk about because I've heard from a lot of people reaching out to me lately about how they're being victimized and they're being bullied and picked on and uh, treated really shabbily and so I want to do a deep dive into like what's really going on. Like, why is this happening? It, it just doesn't really make sense. We're we're all adults here. I don't get it. So doing doing you know my homework and research, it starts really you know coming together. We've all seen this now in 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 the real world. What's going on? And let, let's just have a frank conversation here. We have high inflation, raising the costs of everything. If you're a white collar worker, it's super hard to find a job. There's just been unrelenting layoffs. It subsided a little bit from where it was you know, about six months ago, where you get 10,000 people at Meta and Google and Microsoft and Amazon losing their jobs. Now, there's still layoffs, not as dramatic, but continuing to be layoffs. And then for white collar professionals, if you're looking for a job, it is super hard. It's very challenging because of what's going on in the economy, what's going on with interest rates, concerns about what's going on with Hamas and Israel. Is that gonna is that war gonna escalate? Is that gonna bring in a whole other bunch of countries, including the US? We still don't have the Ukraine-Russia war resolved. And you, you, when you pile on, you know, these different things, it makes people get anxious and concerned. Then you add, for most people who are working during the, you know, during the pandemic were remote, then now you're being brought back in to get to the office. Sometimes they're demanding full-time permanent. Sometimes it's hybrid. Now it's disrupted your whole life. Some people have relocated to lower cost areas during the pandemic because their bosses said you could work you know remotely now you have to come back so you're in a tough bind i have to sell my house and get a new place closer to the work you know to the office do i have to pull my kids out of school do i have to be the super commuter that's going to go 2 hours each way to get back and forth so once you start thinking of all these things and then also wait let me uh, and this, when now you go into the cities, a place like New York, 
or San Francisco or Philly or Chicago, there's a real concern for your safety. A lot of these big cities have become lawlessness where you know, there's crime, things are dirty. Go to New York City, you just smell weed everywhere. You have aggressive homeless people who I think, in my opinion, it's they need help and they need medicines and they need uh, to be taken care of, but they're on the street and and sometimes really bad things happen. So now think about this. The, the, the fact pattern is this. You're worried about these geopolitical events such as the wars. You're worried about what's going to happen if you go into, you know, commute into, into, into the office. You have to worry about your personal safety. You have to worry about, am I going to keep my job? And if I lose my job, can I find another one? And with prices and everything going higher, you start worrying about your finances. Like, am I going to outlive my money? So now you have this kind of toxic soup of fear, worry, anxiety. And to me now, it makes sense because when you look on social media, whether it's Twitter slash X or, or, or Reddit or pick whatever one you go on, there's, there's, you could tell there's just such anger and resentment and rude behavior. And, and I can't tell you how many, how many times, I don't know, maybe it's me, my algorithms, let's say on TikTok or Twitter, just people fighting and beating the heck out of each other and just, just going and ransacking and looting stores. So when you see all this, I mean, it affects you. So when you go into the office and you start working, you're carrying this around with you. There's fear, doom, gloom, worry. And then it, it kind of makes sense why you're going to see it, it sets the stage for, for bullies to, you know, to take control. Because what ends up happening is you get these people who are angry, who are resentful, who are scared. And what do they, and like the vast majority of people know how to kind of deal with it some way, somehow. But they're always going to be a certain percentage that just lash out. They could lash out because they feel angry, they feel bitter, they feel scared. And instead of admitting, hey, I'm scared, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen with my job and career, what's going to happen with my future. But then there are others who, instead of rationally say, hey, this is a tough time, this is a tough economy, tough world, I got to figure out how to get through it. But others attack the more vulnerable people because they want to lash out. They want, they want to, they want to, they're, they're angry and they got to put it on somebody else. So they'll find a target that looks like the weak gazelle by the watering hole and go after that person. They might be jealous of a coworker who's a rising star and you're not. They could maybe feel that why, why am I not getting the promotions and this person is. So I'm going to try to sabotage that person because I should get that promotion instead. So what I've noticed is that all the toxicity and all the problems that are you see online and you, and you see in the streets is coming and permeating into the workplace now. So you have this festering that's going on, which breeds bullies and toxicity. 
Have you have you noticed that, Christine? Have you kind of seen that? Just whether in real life, in social media, have you have you come across that? I think workplace bullying is definitely a mirror of what we're seeing happening in society. I agree. I do see on my algorithm the videos of people acting crazy in stores, on airplanes, just people going on racist rants. It's it's everywhere. And I definitely think that what we see in the workplace is bleeding and spilling over from what's happening in the world. It's interesting because you mentioned like remote and like going back into the office. And I thought maybe remote work would be the solution to it. But, and it was actually Virginia. She asked like, do you think the rise of it had to do with people's increased ability to be keyword keyboard warriors remotely? And my first thought was maybe remote would be the solution because you have that physical distance separating you from your tormentor. But bullying actually rose during the pandemic era because people had more avenues for people to be bullied. Now you mm -hmm. can get bullied through email, text, video call, Slack message, phone call, and it's easier for bullies to conceal it. If your boss screamed at you in a meeting at the office, you might commiserate with your coworkers after they witnessed the abuse, but now you're isolated and you can't even vent because there could be like spyware on your computer. So I thought that was interesting. That is, and and it's easy to be that tough person, that tough guy, tough girl online when you know they're not in front of you, because in real life it's harder to kind you know face to face to say nasty things to somebody. But like if you just sit in there typing it out, mm -hmm. you know you don't have to worry about getting punched in the nose <laughs> for doing that. And I think people would, it's easier to throw out like microaggressions as well. Like I think I'd read instances where someone would comment about hearing like a baby in the background or their spouse in the background, almost to like point it out on purpose to make that person look as if they're not as focused while they're working from home and stuff. So what do you think about this? My, my, my baseline, what would, and this is just my opinion, is that if the economy is good, right, where there are lots of jobs, lots of opportunities, people are making money, they they feel that the future is going to be better than, the, you know, where it is now, mm -hmm. that there's most likely less bullying, less toxicity, because for the most part, people are feeling confident, they're feeling good, they're feeling happy. So if you're feeling good and happy and you're making money and you're providing for your family and you're getting your promotions, you're getting really cool new jobs, you're not as angry. You know, you're not as frustrated. So like it, it kind of lessens it. But now in today's economy, worries about recession, worries about war. And these are real situations. Like you have to worry like, okay, if the war in the Middle East expands, could they here in the US bring up the draft? And, and our sons and daughters have to go and fight. I mean, this is real stuff we're dealing with. And how can it not be heavy on everybody worried about what's going to happen? And so to me, it kind of makes sense where you can get angry and just lash out whoever you can. I'll take, I'll take you even one step further. You had previously written about how employers nudge workers out the door. Mm -hmm. Is bullying a tool to cause attrition? And do you think that this tactic is used more in an economic environment such as this to get people to leave? That, that's a great point. hundred percent, I think, yes. It's 
give you an example. This is, I want to say so it was a Japanese term, window gazing or something of that nature, where mm -hmm. basically a manager, a toxic manager, would just isolate a job, uh, you know, an employee, a worker. And by isolating means they're not giving them tasks to do, literally not giving them tasks to do. Or if they give them tasks, it's like really completely beneath where they are. They don't invite this person to meetings. They leave them off email chains. They don't let them know about a Zoom, an important Zoom call that's going on. So you're completely ostracizing that person and, and kind of bullying them, bullying this person with the idea that eventually they're going to just say, I can't take this anymore. I can't take the cold shoulder. I can't take the subtle and not so subtle insult, insults, the degrading, the kind of dressing down and being yelled at in front of you know your peers. And after a while, you're like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to leave because my mental health and emotional well-being is, is too important to, to just suffer through this day after day. And I've definitely, as a recruiter for like, you know, 26 years, I've definitely he I've heard a lot of these horror stories. So this is just not, you know, theory. This is, this is real life where they would say, Jack, I, 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 you know, I'm doing well financially. I, I, you know, my job is great, but like, I can't take my boss, you know, he or she is toxic and they scream at me in front of others. Uh, they, they embarrass me. They spread rumors about me. And I, I just can't take it anymore. And I'd rather leave and get out and just, 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 even if I have to take some, if even if it's going to take months, uh, if it, if I keep going this way, it's just not going to end well for me. Yeah. Most often than not, the bully is your supervisor or manager too. Oftentimes. Yes. You get it. Cause you could get these toxic bosses, these narcissistic bosses that, are just 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 kind of evil. <laughs> They're just evil. They just they, they 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 take all the glory, they take all the credit for everything that's done. They do not provide psychological safety, meaning that psychological safety is a term where in an office you could speak your mind, you could share your ideas without fear that you'll be jumped on, penalized for it humiliated for it. And a lot of bosses, there are a fair number of bosses and supervisors are, you know, on the scale of toxicity, they're, they're ranking high and they're making people's lives miserable. And, and what's really horrible, I think these folks enjoy it. They enjoy being like masochistic or sadistic rather. They, 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 they like having that power trip and having that power over people and in a tough market where they know that if they let go, they're let, you know, they, they, you know, they let go of the person, it's going to be hard for them to find another job. So they have the power and that really gets them excited. And I think it gets things worse. You have mentioned some red flags um, as to whether or not you're getting bullied. Do you want to go over some ways that people can recognize um, if they are getting bullied? Because I think also some people become so used to it mm -hmm. that they not even realize it's happening. So should we go over some? Yeah, let's kick around. I'd be like for yourself, do, do, do you, well, you know what? I could, if you like, I could kind of start with some stuff mm -hmm. and then you, you know, we could kind of share. 
our thoughts, um, they go from like little micro aggression things, you know, where it's like one of these things where, you know, in the summer or spring, you're out at a picnic and you have those little gnats and you're constantly just swatting them away and it's just annoying, but it's not terrible, but it's just irritating. So we could go from the boss, the manager, who's just constantly just, hey, Jack, did you do this? Hey, I need this, you know, I need this right away. Well, no, I got to do this. Well, I don't care. You got to do it. Like the constant nagging, pushing, asserting their authority, making you feel bad, trying to degrade you, like, like not yelling and screaming, let's say on the spectrum. This is not yelling and screaming yet. This is just, just these little micro, like constant little digs, you know? And, and after a while, you're like, what's going on here? But then it goes, you know, gets worse. Then in front of people, you know, I've heard a lot of stories where people say, hey, we're in a meeting and, and my boss is shrieking and just yelling at me. And this is inappropriate. This is wrong. They'll, and as I kind of mentioned before, they'll disinvite you to meetings. They'll take credit for what you've done. They'll blame you for things that you didn't do wrong. And they kind of socially isolate you because what happens is this the coworkers and your colleagues, some will stand up and say, hey, this is not cool. But then human beings being the way they are, they put their head down and they're like, I don't want to get involved because then the boss is going to pick on me. So I'm just going to shut up and be quiet and not do anything. So then it gets even worse because now you can't even go to your coworkers and colleagues and commiserate because you know, they don't even want to associate with you because if they associate with you, they feel they're going to be bullied next. And that's just so sad and so cold and so heartless. But I've heard this time and time again, year after year, and not just recently. You know, I, I'm like, I started out the conversation that recently, like you have all these problems, but this has always been going on to a certain degree, but I think it keeps escalating. And getting worse. Have you noticed other patterns too, Christine? Definitely harassment, discrimination. And you mentioned not being invited to meetings, but I think also um, sometimes a boss may intentionally withhold critical information that you need in mm. order to successfully do your job. They'll threaten your job safety, like try to get everyone against you, backstabbing. Um, and then I also think you mentioned like some subtle things, I think, you know, denying them opportunities to advance unrealistic deadlines, excessive workloads or challenging tasks. And then I would also say even just like gaslighting can happen, um, where you just make a person like question their own reality and you kind of blame them for the abuse that's going on. Yeah, it's, it's. And oftentimes, you know, you're afraid to go to HR or go to a more senior person because then you think it's going to get worse. So then you don't do anything. And when you don't do anything, that emboldens, you know, the toxic people, the bullying people, because they realize, oh, Jack's not going to go and report it. So, and all his peers are not standing by him. So then it's fair game. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. 
And then there's some subtle stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. We can say something, Chris. Oh, no, no. You can go ahead. Then there's even some subtle things like this. You'll have a manager, right? Who knows that they have somebody who works under them, who's terrific and wonderful and, and just amazing. But they purposely keep that person down because they know if the secret gets out that Christine is really awesome, she's going to get a lot of promotions and actually probably do better than the boss. Now, that's a weird, different type of bullet in a way. It's taking advantage of somebody and you, know, you don't even know they're bullying because you don't realize that's what the boss is doing, where instead of saying, hey, Christine is wonderful. Here's her great attributes. Here's why she should get a promotion. Here's why she should get a lateral move within the company. Just the opposite. They'll tell their superiors, you know, well, Christine needs some work and she's okay, but here's what she does wrong and purposely keeps them down because they know that person is a rock star, but they're just not given those chances. And whenever their boss talks about them, they put them down. So the bosses just feel, all right, that part, you know, Christine's not so great and Jack's not so great. So, you know, got to rely on the bosses. They, you know, the managers, they seem to know best, which is really a, an insidious way of bullying somebody, right? Like, so it comes in different forms. It's interesting you say that because I think that that's something that abusers do in like mm. relationships. They make you think, they, they'll break down your self-confidence, make mm. you think that nobody else wants you that way you you'll stay with them and it, it does it does parallel like what happens in real life and that's why i think it's and that's why i think like when we talk about the beginning of the show it kind of permeates now into the workplace so like what you're seeing on social media what you're seeing you know in, in you know with with different relationships are now kind of seeping in to the workplace now that we're all like not all back but for the most part for a lot of people are at least back two or three days a week. So you're starting to see it way more often. If people are getting bullied, what steps can they take to get out of the situation? That's a good question. I think you have, you have to act quickly and decisively because bullies, they thrive on your fear and weakness because you, if you're looking at a bully, you can't look at them like they're like a regular normal person. They have the little something that's a little off, or there's something in their lives at this point in time that are just making them just a different person and a meaner person and a more vicious person. And if you don't take action right away, they're going to smell weakness and they're going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So maybe one thing happens and you say okay before i overreact you know maybe the person had a bad day something's going wrong then maybe a second thing happens and then again what you need to then do is say hey if i don't take control of this now it will never end and no particular order so one of the things you can do is keep notes of everything. So if your boss says inappropriate things, and this doesn't mean you're a snitch, this doesn't mean you're tattletaling, this is just self-preservation. So if, you know, whatever, if, if, if you're a tormentor, if you're, you know, toxic manager, your micromanager boss keeps driving you crazy, just, just 
keep track of it, write everything down, the day, the time, what they said, you know, everything that, you know, you, you hear from them, what you see from them, what you feel is going on. After you collect all that information, maybe speak to your peers and ask, what are you seeing? Are you going through this? And I would bet if they're picking on one person, the chances are they're also picking on other people as well. So you want to get their stories too to, to, to kind of put it together. Because if it's just one person, then you end up this person's word against the other person's word. But then if you find out, well, you know, they're doing this to Jane, they're doing this to Tom, they're doing this to Phil, they're doing this to Barbara, they're doing this to something else. Now you realize, wait, this is not just me. This is going on to a lot of people. So then you take all that data, all that information, and you bring it either to the more, not your, you know, forget your boss ready, because that's a lost cause, because they're a bully, they're toxic, they're narcissistic, it's not going to get anywhere. So you want to go to that next level above and or go to human resources and say, hey, this is what's going on. I have all the notes here, all the data, all the times. Here's what they said. Here's what they did and bring it in front of them. Now, I, I'm saying this like this is easy to do, but I respect the fact that if someone's in this situation, I, it is not easy to do because now you're worried I'm going to HR. And what if HR is buddies with that bullet? What if HR just doesn't care because they don't want to get involved? Then you have to worry, oh my God, this is going to continue. I'm stuck. So it's, I don't, when I say these things, what you should do, I do respect the fact for people who are in this situation that it's not easy. Even though it's not easy, you have to do it. You have to look after yourself because if you don't look after yourself, no one else will. So you have to make that difference and you have to push for it and, and let them know what's happening. If HR fails to act and leadership fails to act, would you recommend that they seek like an employment lawyer? Yeah, you know what? I, I would play hardball. You know, I, I would say, okay, if HR doesn't react. <clears throat> maybe find, you know, get in touch with the senior executives, the CEO, because now you have nothing to lose because you realize, hey, I went to HR, I went to some other people, they're not doing anything about it. So I have a couple of choices. If I really love the job, but hate my boss and hate some of these bullies, but I really love my job and love what I do and I love the company, then you want to fight for it. So then maybe you go to more senior level people, let them know, or you retain a lawyer and say, hey, here's what's going on. Do I have a case? And is there something you could do about it? Because once, once, once you're in this spot, if you either you do that or then you the other alternative is just to quit and leave. Now, you may want to quit and leave because you just don't want to deal with it. You don't want to deal with lawsuits. You just want to walk away from it and just say this was a loss. It sucks. But a lot of people don't want to do that because they don't want to feel like, hey, I got to leave my job that I like. And the company that I like, and, and I'm getting paid fairly well, and the market now is not so great. So if I leave, it's going to be hard. So these are real life challenges. These, these are real serious issues. And you're going to have to kind of, on an individual basis, feel out how bad it is. Can you, can you change it? <clears throat> is it worth giving it some more time? Or do you just say, hey, I'm going guns a blazing. 
I'm going to get lawyers. I'm going to do whatever, whatever regulatory entities are there that could help out in this and, and root it out <clears throat> because the chances are too. If I'm being bullied, I bet you this is going on in other parts of the company because it'd be rare that just it's isolated to one individual, one kind of person. Usually with companies, what happens, you have this corporate culture. Sometimes the corporate cultures have this feeling that if you're a rock star, meaning you're bringing in revenue, you're a big shot, you're bringing in new clients, you're, you're, you're a rainmaker, and you could be the biggest jerk, the biggest ass, but it doesn't matter because you're bringing in the money, so they overlook everything else. And that's another thing that happens. So you get these people who are, are untouchable in a way because they're bringing in the money and they don't want to lose that person. So also, they're going to, so they look the other way. I'm sorry. Also, when you see management turned a blind eye to bullying, then you think that that's something that management uh, condones as well. You think like, oh, okay, this is acceptable at this company. So then more people might partake in the bullying behavior. 100%. Because it's it, a lot of things go down to incentives. So if you're the manager and, and you're bringing in a lot of money, but you're a complete jerk. And I'm censoring my language because this is a family show. So, so I don't want to actually use the words I like to use. But so what ends up happening is that the incentives are such, yeah, you could be a jerk to people. You could be rude to people. You could, you could just, just throw them under the bus. You, you could treat them horribly. You could be mean to them. You could yell and scream at them. And nothing will happen <clears throat> because I'm bringing in money. So the incentives now for other people to say is like, all right, I don't have to be nice to anybody. I don't have to do, I could just do whatever the hell I want to do because if, if, I'm bringing in money, that's all that counts. That's all the company cares about is bringing in revenue. And no matter what you do or how you do it, and that's where think companies really get in trouble because that's where you get the Sam Bankman freeze and the, and the Bernie Madoffs and the people who just, they say, hmm, the incentives are such, I could do this, that, the other thing, and no one is pushing back on me, so I'm going to keep doing it. And then before you know it, you have a whole lot of people in the company cutting, cutting corners, doing bad things, doing inappropriate things, because the incentives are such, hey, we're looking the other way, how you're doing and how you're making the money. We're just happy you're making the money. And that's, so, that's, that's another frightening thing, because now it's embedded, Christine, like you're mentioning, in the mm -hmm. way leadership runs. They turn a bond eye to it because they don't care if Jack and Christine are being bullied and picked on and being abused because the money's coming in. Too bad for Jack, too bad for Christine. And so then the whole atmosphere is toxic. And those things don't last. After a while, you can have attrition. People are, word will spread. No one's going to want to come there. So they're, so they're going to end up, you know, it's not going to end well for this company because after a while, people are going to realize what's really happening and they're not going to want to join the company. They're not going to want to stay with the company. So it's just, it's, it's just going to be self-defeating for everybody. Unrelenting abuse deeply impacts your self-confidence. How would you suggest that people get their confidence back after going through this traumatic experience? It's hard, you know, it's like whether you have a lot, like a relationship and it ends not so well, and then it's hard to go back and try to date and meet someone new. It's tough when you're in a relationship and, and it's abusive and then you have to bounce back. Um, on a scale of how you feel, I would say that's how you would respond. So for instance, 
if you really feel this just just really wrecked me mentally and emotionally and physically because then what happens too it's not it's it's mentally you're getting abused uh, but then you kind of your body breaks down when you feel like when there's unrelenting stress unrelenting pressure that think about your own lives right like if you're under certain circumstances it doesn't have to be bullying anything but when things are happening to you and just blow after blow you're just exhausted you're tired you're worn out chances are you don't eat well you don't sleep well you're not exercising so you go this downward cycle so if it gets so if it's really bad i would say find a therapist a psychologist a psych whatever go for professional help because you might be in that space you need it and if you just don't take care of yourself it's going to it's going to really kind of it's not it's not going to change there could be other things if you don't feel that's for you you may just want to take some time off for self care now whether that's taking us asking for a sabbatical because maybe you want to still stay in that job and feel maybe there's hope that it could change so maybe take a sabbatical time off or use all your your vacation and pto time off pay time off to just decompress speak with other people try to figure out process what happened take care of yourself you also want to do things to to get your confidence back so you want to find whether they're hobbies sports other other avenues where you could succeed because you need some wins you need some victories under your belt because every little win even if it's small it's going to make you feel that much better it's going to feel you're going to feel more confident so it could run the gamut from maybe seeking you know professional help self care taking care of yourself trying to do certain things to get your confidence back and feel better about yourself in in an interview how do you position your reasons for leaving when you've been bullied because you don't want to necessarily bring that baggage into your next interview with your next employer so how how do you position yourself yeah that's a great question because one of the biggest challenges job seekers have is that when they're leaving a company whether it's because they were bullied whether they had a narcissistic boss a micromanaging boss is that the wounds stay they linger you know over time you know you know how the cliche time you know heals all wounds but it takes a while so when you interview and the person asks about you know why you're looking what do you you know they ask what did you think about your former manager your your coworkers it kind of opens up the door again to 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 everything you've been going through and then it's really hard for people to keep their cool and not get emotional about it because once the interviewer starts asking hey why did you leave what happened you know wh what did you think of your boss and so on it's it's almost like you just want to be you just just you don't want to hear that because the last thing you want to talk about it. and like you know going into the interview is like oh my god they're going to ask me this and i'm gonna to have to talk about it and i don't want to talk about it anymore because like it's just it's every time i think about it i just get angry and i get upset and i get frustrated so what you have to do and a lot of this isn't easy it's easy for me to say it's always easy for someone on the outside to say oh here's what you should do because you know you're not living it. it's easier to say it than to do it so I, I just want you to know that 
when so when you go for these interviews, it will be hard and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be uncomfortable. One of the things you need to do, and this 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 also transcends just the bullying and the toxicity and, and that kind of stuff. It's you want to practice role-playing, going on interviews, answering these tough questions. So this way, if you keep going, don't say it in your head, do it, do it out loud with a trusted friend, family member, so forth. So, so you say it out loud and you get used to saying it. And if you keep doing that, then when you go for an interview, what ends up happening, you're on autopilot. So instead of those, those, those wounds being fresh and you're just like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. I can't take that anymore. You're going to just, you've talked about it so much in role-playing that it's just going to be autopilot. You know, I, you know, I decided to leave, uh, you know, I loved my job. I love the company, but unfortunately, you know, um, I never want to speak ill of my managers or my coworkers, but unfortunately there was a, a bit of toxicity, um, a lot of bullying going on. And I thought I could stay there because I love my job. I love what I do. Got paid really well. But given that management and leadership had this, I'm concerned that if this is allowed, what else is going on in the company when it comes to finances, clients, and other things? So I thought, you know what? I'm going to kind of find something. I, I'd rather find a company that has a different culture, that one that offers psychological safety, that takes care of their people, they look after their people, they do everything in their power to uplift them. Because, you know, life is short. Why, why should I deal with people who I'm a little concerned about and I'm concerned what will happen to the company? And I'd rather go to a place where it's more positive, more upbeat, more opportunities to grow and, and, and work with people who I enjoy working with. Is there due diligence that a recruiter can do to make sure they're not sending candidates out to these kind of employers? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought it because that's like one of the really cool things about having a recruiter or recruiters to help you out with. Because oftentimes, my own opinion, a lot of the successful recruiters specialize in one or two or maybe even three niches, and they really know that area. And then they know the hiring managers, they know the HR people, they place a lot of people at these companies. Um, so they they have a vibe of what's going on there. So the recruiters kind of know what's going on behind the scenes and they could relay that information to you. Now, could recruiters, just like anybody else, any other profession, lawyers, doctors, whatever, they're going to be good ones and not so good ones. The good ones are the ones who would say, hey, Jack, here's the deal. The job is great. The compensation is great. But some of the managers, they're little, yeah, they're micromanagers. Um, they have other issues. They're whatever. And then you could decide, you know, so, but at least they can kind of give you an idea of what to expect and you can make an intelligent decision. You might say, you know, I'm not so worried about it or what you're telling me, you know what, let me look for something else. Let me find a place that has the right environment, the right values, the right mission statement, 
and I'd rather take my time and find the right thing. So the, yeah. So having a good recruiter that knows the people, knows HR, knows out talent acquisition, has placed people there, get feedback from people there. That's a great source of knowledge that you really can't get other places because they're going to give you the real scoop. Um, and they're going to be honest with you because they want to place you. So they're going to tell you, Hey, here's what it is. Here's what's going on. Because even if, <clears throat> so let's say, and for most recruiters, they're intelligent. They get it that if you try to pull a fast one on somebody to go to a place that sucks and you don't last, they're not going to get paid. So it's in their vested interest to tell you what's really going on. So you stay with the company and they get their commissions. The good thing is that a lot of the times the reputation proceeds itself. So then when you do call up candidates, sometimes they'll tell you like, oh, I've heard about that organization there, that manager, there's like a real big bully. So I think you also learn intelligence just from speaking to candidates because they've heard the reputation just within that industry. You're so right. When someone's looking for a job and I'm speaking with them and they had a poor experience with their boss and the company, they love to share that. <laughs> they love because they just want to get it off their chest. And a lot of times, so like you're speaking to a recruiter and, you know, since the recruiter's trying to help them find something, they're, they're, they're going to tell you the truth because they want to find a job that fits with what they want. And it spreads like wildfire because they can't wait to say, you know, you know, ABC widget company, they were terrible. This is what they did. Here's what they did to this person. Here they did it to that person. And in most, in most sectors, it becomes kind of small. You know, it seems like the tech sector or Wall Street or whatever, huge. But a lot of times it boils down to certain kind of kind of silos and niches. So word gets out. Word gets out because it's 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 it ends up being a small sector. Because now let's say you're talking about Wall Street, but now we're not talking about just Wall Street, it's compliance at Wall Street. And then now it's just compliance is dealing with anti-money laundering. And not now, now the anti-money laundering, it's you know, such and such. So it oftentimes drills down to this small area that everyone knows what's going on there. So word will get out. Word will get out. And then what will happen is that these companies are sowing the seeds of their own destruction because people are going to talk because, because people love to share when they feel they've been persecuted, they've been taken advantage of, they've been brutalized, they've been, you know, bullied. And they, they because this is their way to get back and just kind of share and say, don't go there. I can't, I can't tell you how many people said, hey, I'm not going to go work in such and such. I've heard that this is what they do. You know, I'm not, oh no, I would never work at this place because here's what I've heard that happened, what they're doing over there. So yeah, so I think by having recruiters and others, and I would even say you, <clears throat> you want to reach out to other people who you know at a company you're interviewing with to get their take on it as well, to see what they say. Because they may say, hey, Jack, don't go there. I know I'm working here. I know it's a good company. But, you know, I'm kind of trapped for whatever reason, but maybe look elsewhere. I think this has been a really good chat. It's, you know, it's like, I would love to talk about, you know, more positive, uplifting, you know, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel the value, Chris, that you and I offer is that just being transparent and by virtue of, you know, speaking with job seekers, hiring managers, you know, interviewing people for, for the forums when we're writing about it, 
you kind of really get a good, well-rounded, also the podcast we do, you get a really good, well-rounded insight from so many different people, what's going on. And I feel that then we could share this with our audience so you know what's happening. And even if it's a tough subject like this, because, you know, we'd all like to hear like, hey, this is great. The economy is wonderful. We're all making money. We're, this is great. It's one big party. Yeah, that's, that's, that's easy to do. But it's harder to have these conversations. But I think it's more meaningful and deeper to have these conversations. Because for people who are going through this, oftentimes they feel it's just them. And they don't want to talk about it because they're embarrassed. Because if you're a grown adult, you feel very uncomfortable saying, hey, I'm being bullied. I'm being picked on. So they don't say anything. And, and I'll leave you with this last statistics that I saw. This is like, this is really weird. So um, in terms of, let's see, here, here's, here's my very official notes that I take for the show. So, so I'm prepared for it. That 30%, 30% of workers are bullied. 60% of the people who were bullied resigned and 70% of the aggressors, the bullies stayed with the company. So, so this, bad. right. So this, this, so it's a real thing. So if yeah. this is happening to you, it's don't feel like, Oh my God, why me? It makes you feel any better. This is, this is a serious issue. It's just not talked about for some reason. It's one of the things that just gets buried under the rug. And that's why I wanted to bring this conversation up. And for, for the people who are going through it, maybe this gives them some comfort. The very least gives them some comfort to say, oh my God, I thought it was just me. I feel so much better now that, that I realize this is, this is systemic. This is happening across the board. Um, and also hopefully Chris and I were able to share some insights, what to do, what to say, how, how to stand up for yourself. Definitely. I think this is important to talk about because so many people after experiencing workplace bullying, they suffer long-term physical and mental health mm -hmm. issues. So if you can recognize the patterns and then do something about it, I think it's important to act now. Because um, to talk about statistics, only 5% usually end in successful conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are experiencing it, don't think it's going to change. Make make actions to improve your situation and get out of there. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate everybody watching. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Um, if you would like to share any of your stories, if this has happened to you or you need help or you need some guidance and you know, feel free to respond within, you know, what do you even call it, Chris? When we, we, we put up the, you know, yeah, I guess on the LinkedIn where you know, show, shows our show, so to, mm -hmm. to, you know, any questions you have, anything you need help with, any advice, maybe we could introduce you to people who could help with your situation. Um, let us know. And then also any other topics that you feel are important to be addressed, hit us up. And I really appreciate you taking the time out um, early in the morning. And thank you for your support. And I hope uh, this is very helpful. Okay. Have a, everyone have a good day.